everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to our Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership. Our guest today is Sarah Maddock. Super excited. Sarah spent five summers selling books door-to-door with the Southwestern Book Company. She's also a viral rapper on TikTok, and you need to check her stuff out. She's a creative, she's a songwriter, and she is teaching people how to not take themselves so seriously. She's also going to be the next Weird Al Yankovic. You're going to love this interview. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thanks for tuning in to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain of leadership and find out from leaders who have really walked the walk and talked the talk how they did it. And we talk about what they did to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am so excited on so many different fronts to have my special guest. Her name is Sarah Maddock. And Sarah spent five summers five summers in college, knocking on doors, selling books with Southwestern Advantage. So now you know, you know why I'm so excited about this. Uh, she's now based in Nashville, Tennessee, close, stay close to the, the, book, uh, the book hub, and she's growing her platform as an entertainer, a songwriter, and a rapper on the app TikTok. And I will let her explain that to you. For those of you not familiar with that, you got to check her out. She's got some mad rapping skills and just hysterical and so creative. And she promotes emotional intelligence and a positive mindset with her music. And we love that. Sarah plans to be a full-time entertainer by the end of 2020, and we are going to help her meet that goal. So Sarah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I don't even know where to go. I'm just like a squirrel running around like, oh, TikTok. Oh, she's a musician. Oh, she's a creative. Oh, she's a young emerging leader. Oh, she's a book girl. Where do we start? First of all, tell them about what you do on TikTok, what, what that is and what you do on there. Okay. So for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what TikTok is, uh, it's basically Vine 2.0. And if you don't know what Vine is, Basically, it's an app completely based on um, content creation. A lot of it's comedy. TikTok's pretty unique, though, because it's partially comedy, partially infotainment. It could mm-hmm. be. Um, but what I do on TikTok is I have become a female rapper. So kind of out, out of nowhere. Um, I mean, my background is that I'm a songwriter. But but the ba- basic thing that I do um, after a couple crazy things that happened is I do 30-second silly raps based on suggestions from my followers primarily. So just combining any of the most random things you could think about. Um, and then I also do purposeful ones as well about what Tracy said, you know, emotional intelligence and everything. So I love it. Well, I listened to one on a hippopotamus, which was brilliant. I mean, you rap and your, your mad skills rhyming. Can you, can you give us an example of one of your, uh, TikTok raps? Yes. Okay. Prepare to pay attention for at least 40 seconds. It's a 40 second rap. Okay. So here's, here's the viral one. I mean, I had two viral, but this one is currently at 10.1 million views on TikTok. Yeah. Crazy. So here we go. Okay. Hey, would you listen to me? There's a cool new way to get vitamin C. It's a whole lot better than a vitamin C. We go back to the garden like Adam and Eve, but there's a plot twist that you're probably wondering where I got all this because I'm only doing citrus with the best business. So I get it from a hippopotamus. You always got a fruit stand on the corner, never seen anything more oranger. And he makes a lot of money because the price is high, but he's got to feed his family of hippopotami. So $47 each is pretty typical. And then you pay a service fee, but it's minimal. And I know people think that he's a criminal, but why do they got to be so hypocritical? 
I love it. I listened to the one this morning. That is so, his family of five of hippopotami. I just, I love that. That is so cute. <laughs> so check her out, Sarah. And we're going to hear at the end uh, where she can, where you can find out on this. So Sarah, before we get into the price of leadership, because I know you got some book stories. I only sold for two summers with Southwest Book Girl. We're book girls, right? That's right. We're, we're like creme de la creme. We're like, like yeah. Wonder Woman is like down here. Here's book girls up here. Okay. And rapper book girls are like, you know, like often Elon Musk land. Okay. So how did you do it for five summers? I did it for two. So talk to me. Did you build a team? How did you hear about it? I want to hear about how you got into Southwestern. Oh my gosh. You know, what's so silly. I just got chills from you just asking that question. Like it is that meaningful to me. I tell people all the time, door to door sales changed my life forever. How many people can say that? I mean, every, you know, every book person, but it's like, I really want, almost want to write a book that's called that. Um, and basically when I was in, uh, at Indiana university, I'm from Indiana. I got a random phone call from a Pennsylvania number and it was a voicemail from a guy named Dave. So then I met Dave, um, and he, he had actually, it was kind of a unique thing. He had this club on campus called lead where they taught leadership principles. And then there was this, um, internship for the summer where you learned these principles by running your own business, selling books. Um, and so, I mean, I talked to Dave for like two hours. I just thought he was the most amazing person I had ever met. He was such a good listener and confident. Didn't take himself too seriously. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just adored him immediately. And, uh, and actually when he started talking to me about the internship, I was so convinced this is my destiny. Like it wasn't difficult to get me on board with this kind of unique job idea at all. It was difficult to get my parents on board who are wonderful people they, they will own, they are kind of helicoptery and that's okay. They're wonderful. They're my best friends. Um, but at the time, you know, I was 19 and they were used to traditional forms of work. So a, an 80 hour week door to door sale across the country job for their mm-hmm. little teenage daughter was mm-hmm. like, what? So here, here's an example of me seriously fighting for something I really believe in because I was, I had such good discernment with who Dave was and what the program was. So my dad wrote an eight page essay to me on why I cannot do it why it's, it's not legit, why it's just not a good idea. Eight pages. Wow. Yeah. So, and that's just how we do stuff in our family. He's like, has his master's. We're all super oh. academic verbal. <laughs> we can all write really well. Um, and so I wrote him a three and a half page essay, not as much, but still three and a half pages refuting all his arguments and telling him why it's, why I need to do it and why he's wrong. And you know, that I love him, but I'm, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Basically, I sold him on that enough for him to meet my manager in person. He said, okay, this guy's legit. I like him too. Okay, okay, you can do the book thing. So thank God. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And well, now, uh, no, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say, now he's so grateful I did that. Yes. He, he tells then, me. Like, so you built a team of people. How Did you come back and, and, you know, that's the thing you do the first summer and then you come back year after year and built it. Did you build a big team? Yes. Actually, yeah, that was what I was best at. Out of wow. the three... Yeah, out of the three things you can do at Southwestern, sales, leading an organization, and recruiting, mm-hmm. truly was best at recruiting. Yeah, I did oh that for yeah my fourth and fifth summer. I was a full-time recruiter and organizational leader. Okay, well, that's I really want to dive into this because you're, you're fresh from the trench. When was the last summer that you sold, Sarah? 2018. Oh, 
Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I just got an order from them. So we are still really big involved with them and stuff like that and just love everything they're doing and talk about, you know, our, our book girls and they sent me this year. You know, my, my foray into Southwestern was my dad. I was the fifth out of six, but that time he's like, you're not staying home for the summer. Go do, <laughs> if you can sell, if you can knock on a door, if you can cold call and make a sale, that's one of the hardest things in life you're ever going to do go do that. And I'm like, yeah, let's get, I was your age. I'm like, let's get this hard stuff out of the way before we can, you know, before we can go on with life. And, you know, I did that for two summers. I was in Blacksburg, um, uh, Virginia and, uh, in West Virginia, right on the, the Tri-City area, Princeton, West Virginia, Bluefield, West Virginia. And I can remember after my book girl stuff, I went into the military and I was in a military academy and they're like, flame and yell, yelling at you. And I'm like, you have no idea. I have sold books door to door and made calls. This is nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it really taught me toughness. So, so let's go into this, Sarah. Thank you so much for sharing me your background, your journey, and what you're doing now. And I want to talk about the price of leadership. So my father wrote a book, uh, one of our life-changing classics, one of his most poignant speeches. And he knew what it took to be a leader. It's beautiful. It's joyful. It's triumphant. It's also hard as heck. You wonder if it's willing and why nobody will do what you want them to do. So there's a lot of things that go along with the flip side of leadership, but we all know that that's par for the course. It, it, It takes work. But one of the first prices that he talks about is loneliness. And I know out in the field, when you're standing on the doorstep alone or growing an organization, uh, even talking about your dad and how you really had to defend your position and say, no, I know what you're saying, but I'm going to stand alone to this. Talk to me about loneliness as a leader, what that means for you and what you would recommend to our leaders listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it comes with the territory or comes with the turf, you know, you could say for Southwestern. But I would say when I think of loneliness... Man, I think of Sundays on the book field because we had group Sunday meetings. And even though ironically, that's the day you all meet up as a team, that's a day where when I was leading a team, you have to make a lot of executive decisions while other people are, man, I remember we went to play top golf in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I did not play because I was busy having one-on-ones with my team, Mm -hmm. uh, building them up, you know, talking to them about their numbers the week before. So that's, I mean, that, all the time, all the time. And you have camaraderie with the other, the other leaders, but it's, it's limited because most of the time you are working and you have to choose the benefit of the team over, I want to go, you know, play top golf. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, that's really important. And it's tough when you're younger because that, those are the funnest times. I mean, everybody my age reflects back now about the, oh, when we were younger, we had so much, even the military, but you're right. There is a time when you have to distance yourself and say, I know we're here to do team building stuff, but sometimes that means I have to separate and do, you know, more strategic stuff. Excellent. Yeah. 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 And how are you, how are you dealing with that loneliness as, as a solo uh, creative artist now and cutting into it? How do you deal with that now? Good question. So it's, it's so, it's so similar, but different. I mean, the biggest thing now is I'm so passionate about what I'm doing now. And I want to be the next female weird Al Yankovic. Like that is just so who I am. Yeah. Purpose in life is helping people not take themselves so seriously and just to give themselves grace and do their best and all these things. So, I mean, I'm taking a lot of time outside of my normal day job um, to write these songs and to, and to do this and to really, you know, lead what I feel like is helping people not take themselves so seriously. Mm-hmm. So I wake up, do you know, I still wake up at five fifty nine. wake up at you five really? every oh morning of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have, and tell people about why you do that. 
Tell our listeners. So, well, of course we did that during the summer internship. So that's where it came from, but it's mm-hmm. before, so you get a head start on the day and then you work until, you know, the 31 mark, like 931, just so you can, it's a mindset thing and it's small, but it, it makes a big change, especially when you do it every day. I love that. And I saw Weird Al Yankovic only once every other time he comes, tickets are sold out in like five seconds. I, I couldn't even stay. He, he's one of my all-time favorites. So I love that, that you said that. Okay. So now you're talking about people are like, what, how long did she work over the summer? No way. Right? 6 a.m. We were, we were knocking on people's doors long into after dinner. And so talk to me about weariness. How do you keep going? That's a pretty hectic pace when everybody else is off at the pool or on the a large marge having a, having a party or something like that. How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing, and I'm sure you talk about this a lot on your podcast, but is not having a, not having a victim mindset. And, for, and in fact, mm-hmm. instead of saying, poor me, because, you know, we talk about self-talk all the time. And I, I was so, I would say, I want to say good at it. I just mean I did it constantly. I really utilize that thing of talking out loud to yourself, verbally saying, um, for me personally, you know how they say sometimes when you're, when you're weary, uh, or when you're tired and you're talking out loud, you're saying, I'm awake, I'm alive for me. That didn't work as much, but what really worked for me was saying, I'm tired, but I'm going to do the work anyway. Mm. I, you know, I want to go home, but I'm going to feel so good about myself as a leader. I'm going to feel so confident if I keep working and I'm going to feel so much better later and tomorrow. Absolutely. And you, you push through it. And one of our other guys, Bob Berg, um, go-giver, you know, huge endless referrals, huge author. He said the same thing. Just read that. I just uh, did read you, that. Well, he was literally last, last week. week. <laughs> no way. It's like the universal <laughs> positivity is swirling. <laughs> okay. So he said he goes through this all week long. And then on Friday, when he's done making calls, one more call. I remember that OMC. And he just makes one more call on that Friday afternoon without the pressure. And that he was about to fold. And that's when he had that one call that just opened that door. So yeah, weariness will make you tired. Sometimes the best thing for weariness to combat it is just one more door. Just get out one more referral, one more call. I love that, Sarah. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So he talks about the third price of leadership. He says it's abandonment and not like the abandonment, like, you know, a ba- the abandonment has a good sign and a bad side, but this is focusing on what you need to think about and ought to be thinking about in favor of what you want and like to think about. Like a lot of people are like, oh, oh I'm going to be successful, but okay, but that's going to entail pruning out something. So talk to me about how you stay focused. I mean, the world is your oyster sister. You obviously are very talented and gifted. You're resilient. You could probably pick any job in the world and be successful at it. How do you abandon and stay focused on what you need to? Good question. Especially with thoughts, Mm. especially with your thoughts, you're just so privy to taking you, you know, wherever, wherever they want to. I mean, I would say, especially with being a creator, what I, what I need and ought to be thinking about is how can I add the most value for my audience? How can I, well, right now, you know what, you know, it's hard. I'm what? a leader in two areas where I have loyalty to my day job. I want to be writing songs all day, but this growth is recent. I'm not quite there yet. I have a lot of monetization options, but it's like, it's not the right thing for me to quit my job. Thankfully, I love my job, mm-hmm. but it is requiring me to be able to balance both those things, but still focus on my job during the day, I work from home too. It's really, it could be really easy for me to slack off, but like, I want to feel successful in every area of my life and not, I mean, weird choice of words, abandon the other things too. Right. And so I need to compartmentalize. 
Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people and entrepreneurs, the creatives, it's tough for us because everything we're like, but I could turn this into something great. That doesn't mean you should pour your resources into it. But I love that you said, I'll get a lot of people that are like, I'm done. I want to stop doing this. I want to abandon this and start this life. And I'm like, okay, but there's, there's, you, you can blend it. There's a nuance. It's unless there's something really bad going on, or you, you got the call from Jesus Christ himself, that this is what you're doing next. I, I love how you talked about that. There's a subtle shift where you kind of, um, uh, thread in the next chapter of your life without just, you know, cause I have people call and say, Tracy, I did it. I, I quit my job. And I'm like, and, and they're like, and, and I'm like, and <laughs> you, know what? You, you still got to plan it. And, um, so I love that you brought that up because abandonment can be phased and stepped in. Like you said, yeah. and you, you, you don't, you don't want to burn bridges, even though you're leaving that job or you have aspirations of going to the next greatest thing that will always be a part of you. And so you don't want to leave it poorly. Uh, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? There's actually, I think I have a TikTok coach who just took me under her wing. She's amazing. And she said, wow. yeah, she said, do you know, she's like, you technically could with, with songwriting opportunities I'm getting. Sure. You could quit your job. You'd be, you'd be okay. She's like, I encourage you to keep that job as long as you can. Mm -hmm. Reason being right now, your creative flow is not based on making money. It's based on adding value. It's based on building your brand. It's like, it's, this is fun. Let yourself have that foundation. So all your creative energy goes to fun and value adding, you know? So I, I appreciated that. Right. Well, it's like Bob Berg said, that last call, when there wasn't a result tied to it, it was so fluid and so freeform and not this pressure of, I got to make the sale. I got to, I got to know what they're, you know, like selling books. And, you know, they always told me, you know, knock on 10 doors, you're going to sell one at a time. And I'm like, I don't, I can't handle that much rejection. So I would spend two days or one day at two houses, a morning and an afternoon one. And we'd spend hours there and we hung out. And because it was just kind of like the pressure wasn't on, but it was more relationship building kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, type thing. Absolutely. But, but I love, I love the abandonment and I love that's good that you are taking the time and you're also getting more stories. Every time you work with people, you get more fodder or content for your songwriting. Yes. You know? hundred percent. Yep. And you're building your fan base. With your That's work. That's right. Because they're going to be like, we knew her when. Yeah. Her oh, when. they're so we encouraging. Yeah. Weird seramatic. Yes. We knew her when she was kind of normal, not full on weird yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it. Okay. So abandonment. The last uh, price my father talks about is vision. And mm -hmm. this is really, um, you've alluded to it. How do you stay focused on what you need to spend time on? And how do you see the next thing, the next chapter unfolding? And how do you know, how do you transition into what you need to do next? Good question. So uh, it's, it's a good question because vision is really kind of my thing. Just the way my brain works. It's weird to say I'm good at vision. Mm, I don't know. I wear contacts. That was a dumb joke. But, <laughs> but I, like, I like future thinking, very futuristic. Uh -huh. um, but when it comes to uh, vision of, of what I'm building and what the next steps are, I've learned, what's the book by someone named David? And it's called How, How to Get Things Done, I think. Mm -hmm. And he talks about what's the very next step. Mm -hmm. And always remembering that whatever the very next step is, is what's going to relate to your vision. So something that actually my TikTok coach coached me on that is really particular to this. She said, so now that you, you're big on TikTok, you're going to get 
uh, companies reaching out to you to do brand deals. Mm -hmm. She's like, they're going to offer you percentage commissions and you're probably going to be tempted to have a scarcity mindset and feel like you have to say yes to everyone because it's this great opportunity. She said, only say yes to, you know, promoting products and a video that you've tried, you genuinely like and align with your brand. She's like, cause obviously you, like I'm super genuinely in my heart and with my content, family friendly, kid friendly, like that's just so my brand is, you know, clean like that. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I had like, I actually, I've jewelry brands have reached out to have me be their ambassador and wow, that'd be great. All this free jewelry or commission percentage. And then I look at their pictures and it's super sexualized. And I'm like, I don't want to be connected with that, even if right. it is money. Right. So it's choosing the, I mean, my character, my brand and my morals, because that's the big vision. That's what I'm building over the immediate great, I get a paycheck, you know? Oh man, that's, and if you go back, Willie Jolly, who's another big speaker, he talked about that when he was first getting started and he was teaching young people to stay sober and clean. And then he has an incredible voice and a brilliant speaker. He got um, a a very lucrative deal from Anheuser-Busch, nothing against Anheuser-Busch. I lived in St. Louis, right, right in, you know, that area. But he's like, but that wouldn't be compatible with what I'm trying to do. And he turned it down and gave it to somebody else. And in the end, he got so many more deals that stayed true and congruent to his values and vision. Yeah, because your vision will erode. If you start chinking away at it or tarnishing it, you're mixing the streams. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Excellent. All right, Miss Sarah. Well, thank you for that. Oh my gosh, you're, you have so much wisdom. That's so awesome. I'm so glad. I'm just so glad you're, you're, you've got your solid foundation and you're standing for what you want to stand for, especially because there's a lot of wonky, crazy stuff out there. And uh, that's good to hear. That, that we can get on TikTok and enjoy you in a family-friendly atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of kids like my content. And I, I know everyone says they love kids, but I like, I really love kids. And I love, I see reaction videos of moms who will show their little, like sometimes their little baby, little <laughs> one-year-old baby dancing to my little hippo song. And it's like, I, I know that. that's odd. And the rhyming, the whole Dr. Seuss, that's what we grew, on, grew up in. I, that's what I thought about your hippo one. I'm like, cause my dogs write children's books and we go and do, we do uh, school presentations and character development. I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can uh, have you call in and do a couple raps for the kids. Cause they would love that. Awesome. That'd awesome. be awesome. Yeah. Well, Sarah, what else? I mean, we covered a lot of different things that you, you've got in your journey and you, you shared some really tremendous insights. Anything else you want to share with our leaders as we're wrapping up the leaders on leadership? Yeah. I mean, I would love to share for my own self-promotion, um, to be honest, but also just because I think it's really value-adding. I'm working on a book um, all about not taking yourself so seriously. Okay. So that'll be out in September. The writing process, I just finished my rough draft, so it's not like I can even say a title. Right. Um, but the yeah, the biggest thing is I'm excited about that because at the core of it, I'm, I'm talking about how to stop taking yourself so seriously or life or you know, all the little inconsistencies or inconveniences of life so, so, so seriously that limit you with perfectionism and pressure um, from my own unique perspective and my own life story. So, yeah. Well, I can't think of anything more needed now in a society that's so angry and mad and offended by everything. It's like, whoa. So I love this. And my dad would always say that we need to have thick skins and soft hearts, not hard hearts and thin skin. And so I love that you're promoting that message. I love it. All right, Sarah, but how can people stay in touch with you? Where can they find you? How do they get um, in the know so they can find out about your book and when your TikTok stuff comes out, all that good stuff? Yes, super simple. The best way to find me um, is really social media. I haven't made an official website now. So if you don't have Instagram or TikTok, mm, 
you can, you can look me up on Facebook. If I trust you, it's all good. <laughs> but I would say for now, Instagram is at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Maddock, M-A-D-D-A-C-K. And then TikTok is at Sarah, same thing, underscore Maddock, M-A-D-D-A-C-K. Okay. And you're on YouTube too, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can I just subscribe today. So go out there and subscribe. We'll put all these links down there so people can stay in touch with you. What's your YouTube channel? Um, it's Sarah Maddock. Sarah Maddock, S-A-R-A-H, and then, yeah, you know, M-E-D-D-A-C-K. I love it. All right, Sarah. Well, uh, sister, thank you so much. And uh, do you still go back? Um, I was talking to Southwestern about what they're going to do with the COVID, if they're still going to do that or how they're going to do that. Have you been in touch with any of them about what's going on? So the secretary of half of the kids lives with me. She's my roommate. So I'm very, yeah, I'm super connected. And our other roommate is a book girl too. Her name's Claire. Um, And she's marrying a book guy who I can introduce them just saying introduce them love on the book field oh nothing better yeah so yeah i'm connected they're they're doing great i know they're doing great they did virtual sales to to be safe with covid and everything um and now you know they're still being safe but they're knocking on they're knocking on doors and um it's super cool my friend who's working nearby after a sunday meeting came by for an hour and we got to have a little pc basically personal conference and, and she yeah she hit pc Wow. And then she hit PC President's Club, uh, 600 units the past two weeks. Like she's having her best weeks ever. It's great. Good things are happening. That's incredible. And for all you people out there, if a book girl or a book boy comes knocking at your door, you be sure and let them in and look at their lovely wares because there's nothing better than just even just to encourage them. And until you've been on the other side of that door, have some grace and encourage them. They're working their way through school. They're they're, they're earning a living. They're part of what makes America great is small business enterprise. So I just can't say enough great things about Southwestern. And Sarah, I know you were an incredible asset to them and continue to be. And I just want to thank you for what you shared with us and all you're doing to encourage people all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome, sweet. All right. Well, you have a tremendous summer and to our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in and have a tremendous day. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, Let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.